0: She's a cowboy killer. She's a cowboy killer. Honestly, though, (laughs) welcome back, baby, to another episode of Two Broke Canadians. It's your favorite host, Emily, and today I'm gonna be covering some things that I would like to call pressing issues. Okay, so we're just gonna cover a few. Some of the things that I'd like to talk about in this episode are world issues. You know, things like water consumption and storage. Education, lack of it, poverty, inequality, and sorry, there's one more. Oh, two more. The issue with the pensions in Canada as well as the possession of weapons and firearms in Canada compared to the United States. As well as I want to talk about inflation that's happening and wages, as course and work and education. So let's just dive into it. So I want to start off with talking about abortion. So first off, we all know that the United States of America just passed a bill stating abortion is illegal. Now, a lot of states are Because the politics and the way the government is run in the states is very, quite different than the Canadian government. But from my knowledge, and, you know, prove me if I'm wrong, because I probably might be, but from my knowledge, what I know from the United States laws is that each state can choose to file against a law in which something happens but they can they can choose against it so some of the states in the u.s are actually you can still get abortions in some states that i know of it's very very few um but most majority of the states it's it's illegal um whereas in canada There has been a lot of talk about making the same the making the same transaction to the Canadian law government of making abortions illegal. Now, how I feel about this is totally different than a lot of people. How they're going to feel and what they think is right and what everyone think is right is going to be different. But do not tell me that I'm wrong when I say that the choice of someone, whether they are trans or female, it does not matter that person has the right to choose whether or not like what, whatever whether or not what like they choose what happens to their body if this person you're telling me so if somebody is gets <clears throat> date you know they get date raped you know they get drugged and then they get date raped and they get pregnant you're telling me that that person now has to have that child. There's going to be no support from the father because they A, probably don't know who it is and they were drugged. And B, they now have a child who's going to never know who their father is. They have to prepare them for that truth that that child now has to overcome later in the future. And even if that mother chooses to keep that child, that child might have to go into adoption. If that child goes into adoption, the chances of that child getting adopted are very slim. We all know that the adoption like situation is really shitty we all know that (laughs) we all know that the system is corrupt in many of ways and this is one of them i think abortion it should be the right of the person i don't think it should be a statewide law that it's illegal i think that everyone should get the choice whether or not they keep the baby definitely the my right my you know my body my choice 100 percent, stick by that shit that is um you know no questions asked it's it's a really serious matter and nobody especially the government should dictate what somebody should be allowed to do with their body and especially because a lot of the government is i hate to sound um <clears throat> like i don't want to sound like condescending i guess i don't know if that's the right term probably not um but the male the the government is mostly run by males it's run by a male dominated society and male dominated societies like don't get me wrong they do make good but majority of the time the male dominated society is based solely on the male essence in the universe in the world so for instance the stroke i mean a stroke A stroke in a male is not the same as a stroke in a female. A female's symptoms for a stroke are completely different from the symptoms of a male. But we all go by the standard practice of a stroke for a male. You want to know why? Because a male is more like common to get a stroke than a female. But women do get strokes. But the studies haven't been proven enough and there hasn't been enough significant evidence that women have strokes more commonly than men for them to do more research on such a matter so it, it pretty much women are getting left out in this situation and this is the same sort of situation guys are saying like hey i can be able to do whatever the fuck i want we run this shit beyonce says otherwise but <laughs> uh <clears throat> at the end of the day it's my choice because i feel like a lot of the generational aspect is based on the fact that men get the say and women and children are just to be seen not heard concept and i really don't appreciate that i really don't like that whatsoever but i want to get into the little bit about how the um the government is really corrupt (laughs) to be completely honest with you so for instance um our government in canada we we (laughs) i don't even know where to start (laughs) um but the government in canada isn't all that great uh to begin with let's start with the education a lot of the a lot of kids are uh, a lot of schools uh, a lot of educational funding and a lot of stuff like that it's getting pulled back it's getting taken away a lot of people can't afford to go to school a lot of people can't afford to get books and all this stuff because of infla- uh, in, um, inflation and it, it's it's um affecting everybody and especially people in the working in the education class because people are trying to work to be able to make the money so that they can educate themselves. But on top of being able to educate themselves, they want to be able to afford their life and pay their bills and, you know, be able to get to and from school and afford the books to and for school. And it doesn't help with everything is going up and gas prices and food prices and water like everything is going up and that inflation is hindrance to a lot of people and because of that wages aren't going up wages are continuing to stay the same they're now saying that they're gonna they're gonna up wages by a certain amount of percent but it's not enough it's definitely not enough to make a living wage a lot of places are still offering fifteen dollars an hour where fifteen dollars an hour is great if you're in high school but if you're in your 20s and you're trying to go through school fifteen dollars an hour is maybe enough to breathe (laughs) like it's not going to afford you much so honestly a lot of the stuff has to be taken into consideration when it comes to these matters and it's it's really frustrating when the government is you know they take they just look at this picture as a whole they don't look at it in depth and and really take the moment to break down the bubbles and look at how is this going to affect this and if this and this do that what's going to happen what's going to happen to this and how is it going to affect people they are more looking at their standards like hey it's not my problem but again this is just what i think i'm not here to make an argument with anybody i'm just here to voice my opinion and the pressing issues that are happening in the world okay don't come after me i'm just a little girl (laughs) (laughs) but no i'm serious um it's just it's 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 crazy like it, it and i, I just want to take a look i just want to take a look at the poverty statements here all right there are nearly five million people living in poverty and it is not of just you know an act of one person is of all ages all backgrounds and all nationalities and it becomes, it's it's related, like I just said, it relates to unemployment and return rates and investments and housing, health, and like, again, the education system. So a lot of us are still like basic needs, struggling, even myself, we're struggling to make basic needs. And in order for us to do this, we need help from others and the government support. But it costs... Because of the high stress levels and poor health outcomes, social inclusion, and lower educational achievements, like come on, you know what I mean? Like the stress of people trying to be able to just make it by. Like I was saying, the stress of people just trying to be able to live and breathe at a normal rate and just you know live stress free. Because they have that stress, they end up going into state of poverty because they're putting their money in places where it shouldn't. You know, and prioritizing. Which there's going to be a episode coming up here shortly about that, but the, they're putting their prioritizations in wrong order, and they're not being able to comprehend the whole situation of what they're going through. But I like in total, four point nine million Canadians, or eleven point five percent, live or have lived in poverty. One point seven million Canadians or 4.6 of the total population live in deep poverty. When there's two different classes of poverty, I just want to clarify that right now. There's two different classes of poverty. You have your standard class, where it's just your basic poverty. You know, your your house broke, I mean, your house poor, your uh, bankruptcy, stuff like that. That's your basic poverty. People who are in deep poverty those people are never gonna get out. Those people are stuck in poverty forever. And it's 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 sad. It's sad because the job insecurity has increased by fifty percent in the last twenty years and even though the population is increased by a third, investment in housing has declined. Because housing prices are going through the roof that nobody can afford anything. It's it's absolutely insane. You can't you can't a kid people in the 90s era children cannot afford a proper home due to the fact that housing costs 25 how much did it say it didn't even say it just it, it the housing the housing market has increased so much that the investments in the housing has declined because nobody can afford it and it's it's just it's ridiculous <laughs> so i just want to explain so some of the people here so that probably aren't understanding what i mean by deep poverty so the international poverty line was set to a doll one dollar and ninety cents the number means that per, that a person is living in extreme poverty they live below this line so according to that 1.3 billion people in the world not just in canada in the world are suffering with poverty like 1.3 million people are ex- like it's an extreme worldwide and you know they're obtaining this is like they they can't get food, they can't find shelter um regardless of you know homeless shelters and organizations it it's they're over flooded. They're overcrowded because the amount of people that are in deep poverty and in poverty in general it it can't be sustained (laughs) you can't it's it's unsustainable it's clear it's 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 unsustainable that's all i have to say on that um but no uh another thing is wages with inflation is gas prices are going up and a lot of people don't who don't drive don't realize that and that can be <laughs> it can be a very pressing issue for some people due to the fact that it, it, it it's you know people need to get to work people need to get their kids to school to daycare you know back home <laughs> Bra- soccer practice and s- other cr- activities and yes children can't pay their parents for gas that's it's that's an un, it's, that's an unsustainable thought or, or or request but you know it's again refers back to wages 15 dollars is not a living wage okay it's just not um But moving on. <laughs> um, another topic that I want to discuss a little bit is about the pension issues in Canada right now. So the aging the aging population sorry, let me rephrase that with the aging population, benefits are another or one of the major social issues affecting those in Canada today. In the past, those contributing to pensions and those receiving the benefit resembled a triangle. The base of the triangle represents a steady source of contributors, and those accessing pensions being far fewer. Now the triangle is unended. Many young people are not contributing as they are part of the freelance gig economy, and they rely on the benefit of living for decades past the age of 65. Now that math doesn't simply add up when the population relies on state income for a period almost as long, if not longer than the time spent contributing this is interesting also i got these all off of a website too um i can't remember i will link it don't worry (laughs) but Canadians face the same uphill struggle as any other nation to try to meet the demands of the aging population so for instance you have a lot of people right now i have a hair in my mouth okay for like i was saying for instance, you have a lot of people right now who are in the retirement age above 65, correct? A lot of people, those people want to start collecting pensions, but those pensions aren't enough because of like this article saying not enough people are contributing to the pension benefits. So those people aren't getting their full benefit pay. So a lot of these elderly people have to get part-time jobs or have to get full-time jobs that are just, you know, they give you the hours that you need but at the end of the day it you know you're not you're not overworking yourself like it's an easy job for instance because they can't afford to live otherwise because the pension isn't isn't coming in well it's coming in but it isn't coming in as much as they want it to so, the pension system in Canada allows for nationals and non-nationals who have reside in the country for more than 10 years to receive. The amount allowance is dependent on the amount paid into the fund. The minimum amount of is less than 740 and the maximum amount is around 1200 as of 2021. Okay? So, everybody gets a pension. So, anybody who... Sorry. Anybody who receives a pension will receive about... 600 to around $1,200 a month. That's not really much to live off of. Especially if you have a house, you have to buy food. Especially if you live with somebody else, or you're taking care of somebody, or you have animals. It's just, it's not, it's not, it's not worth it. And the amount would leave, this amount would leave many in relative poverty, because the minimum amount is around $100 more than the maximum unemployment paid. So these people collecting pensions would make more money on unemployment than they would sitting at home collecting a pension. They would make more money sitting at home collecting money from the government under unemployment. That's not right. You know what I mean? Like, (sighs) Pensions are put into state for a reason, right? So... In Canada, politicians, strategists, and economics are looking for solutions for what is one of the major social problems of our time, is that what is what the article says. And a lot of people do. A lot of people suffer. Even the people who are retired who are receiving um their benefits, their reti- you know, their what I think it's I think is it's a pension? I'm pretty sure it's a pension. But they're receiving that every month. It's just not a living wage. If you have two of you yeah, it could be possible, but you know what I mean? It's not possible if you're living in, you know, if you're living in um, a care home, those places, you know, they probably have somebody who's signed off for you. So if something happens, they call you, whatever you're, you know, make sure the elder is taken care of. But more or less, like it, it it's so, it's just so mind boggling to me at the same time that for us to even collect this, we have to pay into it. And nobody's willing to do that, like continue add on through the generations. So our generation doesn't wanna pay into the generation before us, correct? Sorry, sorry. So the generation, like our parents' generation is paying into their parents' generation, correct? Our generation doesn't want to pay into our parents' generation, which is going to lead to our children not wanting to pay into our generation. It's just going to, it's just going to spiral down even further. It's just going to end up being a total lack of mole situation. And I don't really know, I don't really know what to say about that. Okay. (coughs) Excuse me. So another thing that I want to cover right now is water consumption or water, sorry, (laughs) consumption, contamination (laughs) and shortage. There's 2.1 billion people in countries undergoing urbanization have increased in excessively have. uh, Sorry, (laughs) 2.1 billion people in countries undergoing urbanization. Urbanization have inaccessibility to clean drinking water as a result of pollution, poverty, and poor management of resources. Water sources are depleted by agriculture and industry energy production. To put into perspective, agriculture accounts for 70% of production of water around the world, with 75% of a given country's water used for its purpose and depleted by contamination Fortunately, there has been a recent increase in efforts to develop technology to combat contamination and reduce the rate of water depletion, which is great news. Let's just get onto the Canadian factor of this. So the Canadian factor of this is going down into the deep Aboriginal communities. Those communities, A, those communities are in poverty. B, those communities have no access to clean drinking accessible water. C, those communities can be remote and not get food or supplies for a long time. Third, fourthly the next thing i want to talk about too that i'm going to talk about is that these communities the price of food is so extremely high that they can't even afford to pay for enough food for a week a bag of chips costs 20 dollars. how does that make sense how in any right possible world is that right it's not that's why okay (laughs) like i i just it 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 blows my mind that these that our own government makes all these promises especially when it comes to elections a lot of our government makes a lot of promises to the aboriginal communities yes we're going to help you supply clean drinking water yes we're going to help you get the prices down on your food yes we're going to help send in gas and oil and propane and anything that you need to be helpful in a sufficient society you know but at the same time a lot of these communities they do what they do want to do these things on our own but because of what has already happened to them they don't want to accept the help they also don't want to be lied to again and again and i can't you you, you, how i I can't prove that they're wrong like who would want to be lied to continuously by a government that that's promising you so many so many amazing things like clean access to drinking water you know access to food access to essentials and living essentials and electricity and better housing. And, you know, some of these, these communities, they can't afford that. And it's heartbreaking, but at the same time, they don't want the help because of the mistreatment that they would receive. But even being able to donate anything in a sense of a relief fund to these people to these you know remote communities all over it's just it would be helpful it would be you know ecstatic and even if there was a way to work with the councils and to work with the people in those communities and say hey listen we want to help we want to work with you tell us what you need and be able to provide that you know it's so hard keeping it's easier to keep a promise than it is to tell a lie if you can look at me and tell me that I'm wrong, do it. But you can't. <laughs> okay. And the last issue that I want to cover today, which a lot of people are probably going to be like, <laughs> is this really an issue? But it is. You It's probably not a big issue because you're probably not into the hunting or the camping. Or the outdoors community, but possession of firearms. Similar to the US and Canada, hunting is popular, but the possession of firearms is one of the most devised social issues. Owning a gun is far less a sport and more so a necessity, with bear acts still possible in rural areas. Conversely, as much as a weapon is a defense against wild animals, gun massacres are still prevalent in Canada. In 2018, 10 people were killed in a Toronto van attack a further two killings later in the year. Four shootings were re- recorded in 2019, which bolstered the argument for those against gun ownership. So if you don't know what the gun laws are, are <laughs> if you don't know what your gun laws are, please take a moment and look that shit up because it can save your life one day. And honestly, you'll thank me for it you're welcome in advance (laughs) but no in the states they have the right to bear arms they have the right to do all this stuff which is great whatever but um in Canada our gun laws are very different you have to have whether it is a restricted or unrestricted weapon um you have to have your pal you have to have your um like I said, you're restricted or you're unrestricted. It has to be in a locked safe. You have to have your your paperwork with you excessively ready and all that stuff. Um, a lot of places do things differently. In the States, you can go anywhere and buy a gun. You don't have to have a license. You just have to be of age. I think the age is 19 to buy a gun in the States. So that's all the requirements that you need to prove you know driver's license or whatever to prove yep i'm 19 get me a gun right in canada you have to go through schooling you have to go through gun safety you have to go through firearm safety all this stuff pedestrian safety all these things and how to handle it before they even let you buy one <laughs> you know what i'm saying um and then in in countries like i uh, like correct me if i'm wrong japan or korea or somewhere over in east asia they um their gun laws are very different they make you go through very strategic um training they make you file a report telling the police where your gun is in your home they have an access code to get the gun if need be they can take the gun away at any point in time if they feel that you are unstable or unsecure of carrying a firearm um, and revoke said license. Um, so yeah, their laws are a lot stricter, but their death rate is also very slim. So it, it, it just goes to show you that laws, well, rules aren't there meant to be broken. Rules are there in order to maintain the peace. And so, yes, you have the right to bear arms, but you don't have the right to go out and shoot people. you don't have the right to go out and massacre you don't have the right to just go into a store and rob it that's not that's not a right. you have the right to bear arms, you have the right to protect yourself, you have the right to do to defend yourself and means necessary and it's another thing too is that a lot of police. In, I'm not sure about the states, I can't quote on that, but I know that for Canada, that the policing system teaches you to use your taser first before resorting to your gun. Unless there is another gun in the matter, you resort to a taser. Why would you need a gun? If the person is not a threat, you do not need a gun. That is why a taser is readily available. Depending on you life, right or left-hand shooter your gun is on one side your tasers on the other okay it's not that hard okay it's definitely you know being smart and being able to think on the ball and being able to react fast okay um but yes um may 29th 2021 a man was shot and killed according to the police press service it all happened in montreal he was 22 years old law enforcement official c- confirmed to reporters that this was the 10th murder since the beginning of 2021 Yes. That was in Canada. But I would also like to state that Montreal um Montreal is Montreal part of Quebec. Yeah, it is okay. Sorry, I just had a, like a dumb Canadian moment. <laughs> so, Quebec is very Quebec. Uh, doesn't follow a lot of the Canadian bylaws. Quebec uh, classifies itself kind of like how you know the state has Alaska. It's kind of just chilling up over here beside us, you know, having a ball. That's kind of like ah uh, Quebec for Canada. <laughs> just kind of up here chilling, you know, just kind of doing what it's doing. Not really participating, but you know, whatever. Um, Around 7 million Canadians own guns and are recreational hunters. That's a lot of people. (laughs) That's a lot of people. Canadians hunt is huge. Canadians are huge on hunting. So a lot of these people, they have gun safety. They have gun safety um, equipment, they have the safes, they have the codes, they have, you know, they make sure there's nothing in the chamber, they make sure they, they don't point, like, there's a lot of safety rules, you know, you never point a gun at somebody, especially if it's loaded, you always empty the chamber, you always point it at the ground, make sure you're wearing something that's high-vis, whether it's a hat, a scarf, gloves, something that makes you stand out so that you don't get shot, there's a lot of stuff, but typically city-dwelling Canadians display of guns they point to gang violence and massacres as a reason for the outlawing of guns and ownership in the nation so a lot of people who live in the bigger cities like toronto where they have a lot of incidents with guns in appearance whether they are being used or not they they don't like the fact that guns are around they don't like the fact that guns are being persistently showing up in the news and showing up in the media and being around and they think it, it they relate it specifically to bad things where it's not uh, a lot of people hunt for food but a lot of people hunt for survival a lot of people hunt for skill a lot of people hunt for support it's um it's more than just an act of crime 125 um but shooting back to may 1st of 2022 Justin Trudeau confirmed that the ban on the possession of assault weapons would be enforced. So more than a thousand weapon types have been added to the list. However, despite this law, the number of murders with firearms has not decreased significantly. That's a little upsetting. So there's Justin Trudeau had put out a list of things that would be considered a ban or that you could not possess because it was considered an assault weapon and it could be in, you know, it was enforced. So if anyone was out, say, with a bat that had nails in it, that was considered an assault weapon, it would it would then be taken away and confiscated if seen out in public with it okay and uh canadian canada does have a rigorous check in place for the gun licenses and ownerships like i said the u.s automatic and semi-automatic guns are banned um, when it's an unfortunate massacre in canada the numbers of murders are usually in the single digits so um like i was saying automatic and semi automatics are banned in the states or sorry are banned in canada whereas the states you're ready they're readily like accessible so you have you see a lot of firearms and a lot of uh, shootings with semi-automatic or automatic weapons whereas in canada it's usually a shotgun a handgun a 22 you know things like that it's 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 nothing crazy it's nothing um, automatic or semi-automatic because it's we don't have that we we don't produce those we don't uh, manufacture them we don't sell them we don't we don't inquire them that's about it okay well i hope you guys like this episode next week i will be back as we wind down with the summer season okay be smart be safe and please don't make any stupid decisions love you bye